You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. universe and welcome back and this is our civil war episode i know this is what we've been waiting for so i'm super excited my name is jennifer hartzorn and i am back again with my co-host mr john raven hello hello and we will be fighting to the death no wait that's wrong kind of war sorry yeah diff- diff- different war, yes. different war um martha no wait that's a different movie <laughs> we see we're, we're not even gonna go I'm there kidding. we're just I'm not kidding. even yep um, so we've, uh, it's, it's, I, I gotta say, I was, uh, I was a little bit concerned going into this because the hype was just so huge, um, and the expectations were so high, and I was, I was kind of bracing to not like it, but I, I have very few quibbles about this movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie definitely lived up to the hype that it had been building itself for. Yeah, and I mean, and this is this is something where we've, in many ways, I feel like, in terms of the characters, this is mm-hmm. a more climactic thing than even like something like Age of Ultron, because we've got two of the characters that are the most interesting in the MCU, Tony and and Steve, mm-hmm. and they've they've had such interesting character arcs leading leading up to this point. Um, you know, I've I've gone on at length here and, and elsewhere about how they kind of have have opposite arcs because Tony starts out hating the government mm-hmm. um and, you know, due to a great many things, mostly, you know, uh, PTSD and just feeling guilty and, you know, being the king of bad life choices, <laughs> uh, he ends up you know, feeling massively guilty, and that's sort of where he ends up uh, at the beginning of this, where Steve mm-hmm. has gone from being the ultimate patriot to going, you know what, sometimes the government doesn't know what is best for people. You know, and one of the things about uh, Tony is that we see him at the end of Iron Man 3, which is supposed to be kind of his story arc, mm-hmm. and he destroys all the armors, but as he brings up in this movie, he just can't quit. Yes, and that was that was something that I, I thought was a little bit incongruous going from that into Age of Ultron because it seems like, well, dude, you, you blew up all your suits and you said you were done, and then you're totally not done, and you're making a murder bot. Well, I, you know? keep in mind, you know, especially in the comics, Tony has a, a very addictive personality, so Absolutely. he's gotten into this, and it's almost it's almost like Howard in Agent Carter, where you know, you, once you have the idea, you can't not do it. Right, exactly. Even if it's like a horrible weapon of mass destruction, you just have to make it to see if it works, yeah. you know? Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. I wish that we had gotten that explanation in uh, at the beginning of Age of Ultron, but I'm glad we got it now, at least.
least. Absolutely. So before we we jump into uh, into the the nitty gritty of stuff, um, the uh, the box office numbers have been very impressive. Um, yep. Of course, it opened overseas first and was doing very very well. Basically, I think it opened up everywhere, like all the major markets except for China and the U.S. Yeah, or at least we were, China and North America. Yeah, because China, I think, was um, was this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was, um, and it was because I remember I was I was looking at um, what uh, you know how it was doing overseas because it seemed like it was doing great, but yeah. compared to something like um, you know like uh, um, uh, what's called Jurassic World right. or The Force Awakens, it's it's getting killed by those, but still yeah. it's it's doing very very respectively. Yeah, it's um, only, I think uh, one article I read said it's only six percent behind Age of Ultron in its four day total, and it actually right. did better on its on a Monday than Age of Ultron did. I can believe that. Yeah, I mean for for me, I just I feel like it's it's a shame that this is this is not getting as many people coming out to it as Age of Ultron because I feel like this is this is a far superior film. And I kind of wonder but, if um, uh, you know it's maybe the tagline like where an Avengers movie brings out more people than mm-hmm. a movie that says Captain America. True. Even true. Like even though it's got everybody from the Avengers in it, they may just not realize. Oh well. Uh, you know, that's Captain America movie. I guess everybody else isn't in it. Well, yeah, but but on the other hand, um, it it seems like whether you're whether you're online or you know watching TV or any consuming any form of media, yes. I don't know how you cannot know <laughs> about about what's going on with this movie. I don't but, know. Um, These things are very difficult to pick apart. Yes, absolutely. The numbers that I'm seeing right now are. Um, are that we've got a worldwide gross of uh, 678.3 million, looks like, wow. and a domestic gross of 181.8 million, which is quite respectable. I'm seeing, uh, what does it say for China? Yeah, China, um, they're saying that China's looking like it's going to easily crack 1 million. But, uh, but yeah, so, so no matter how you slice it, it's doing very very well and uh i'm 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 sure that it's i i think it's going to have a lot more legs than um than something like uh age of ultron or um certainly uh men of steel uh bvs (laughs) we we can certainly hope so indeed indeed but uh but so yeah so so this is this is good uh we've had you know a lot of a lot of very good press um uh so, so I guess, I guess we can we can sort of jump back in. What? Uh, let, let, let's just go ahead and, and do the fun stuff. What are some of your favorite moments oh, from the movie? I mean, I think the writing, especially the dialogue in this, was great. Um, if you've yeah. seen my Facebook, I'm just I'm just quoting it constantly. Yeah. Um, the characterization's great, um, especially for our our two newest characters, uh, oh, Spider Man and Black Panther. Yep. Uh, they really cast those well. They, they, they were perfectly cast, um, mm-hmm. you know, but Black, I, I feel like Black Panther, you know, a, a lot of people say Spidey, but I feel like Black Panther stole this movie just by being the coolest guy around. He did. Uh, you know, I, I quoted the bit about I am I am a warrior and a king. How long do you think mm-hmm. you can keep your friends safe from me? Yes. And one of my friends commented on that in character, like, Steve, I don't know about you, but that's probably the most badass thing that's ever been said to us. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I loved the fights. I think that the fights mm-hmm. were, you know, continue to set the bar for, for what these things should be. Yep. You know, if you look at the physicality of the way that Black Panther fights yes. compared to, you know, somebody like Black Widow or, or you know, Steve or, or whatever, it's it's just it the choreography is just a thing of beauty. Speaking of fighting, can we see Ant-Man? Oh, my God. I mean, did you ever imagine that Ant-Man would be able to take down the Black Widow? I know, I know. I, I was, I was, I was so proud of my little, my little, uh, my little uh, Scott Lang there. Yeah, and then he, um, then he got and, all huge. Exactly, huge. and it was funny. I, I've done, I've already done a number of podcasts on this, and somebody was pointing out. I think it was Nathan Laws last night mm-hmm. that this is a character who's a dad who has, you know, like a little girl, and you could totally see that, you know, like. Like, you know, the dad thing of going, oh, I'm a big scary monster is going to get you the way that he was stomping around. And it's, you know, it's it's just it was very, very true to the character. And, of course, then we got the, the great uh, Empire Strikes Back line from Spidey when everyone in uh, that I know just sort of groaned and, and put their head in their hands and went, oh, God, I feel old. At the same time, <laughs> you know, it's like the criticism I've read of that line is um, – Wait, if Peter's a nerd, shouldn't he know what those things are called? Well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I would be I would be interested to to see how many sixteen year olds, uh, you know, who who are geeks know uh, the the original trilogy in in the same level of detail that that you and I do. Mm, but, and now we're going to get inundated with angry messages from teenagers. I know. We look forward to your letters. <laughs> we indeed, indeed, we do, indeed, we do, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, every everything with Ant Man I thought yeah. was was fantastic, you know, from the first his first meeting Captain America to his, you know, Hank Pym always said never trust a Stark, <laughs> were you? Were you? <laughs> that was oh, that was yeah, brilliant. Come on, man. I I think the the winner for my my favorite fun moment mm-hmm. by far has got to be uh, uh, Bucky and Falcon in the back seat and, and <laughs> you know, from the, from the, um, you know, can you pull your, can you pull your seat up? No. And, but, but the best this, for me yeah. is, is, is the, uh, when, when Steve kisses Sharon yeah, and they both, both get, get the, oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just, I just died laughing at that because they just both played that so so perfect. I love the uh the little gift that somebody did where um they're driving in the in the Beetle afterwards uh-huh. and Steve is fuming while Bucky and Sam are just kind of doing the eyebrows at him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I bet. Man, that that was that was just fantastic. Uh what what are some what are some other fun moments for you? Oh man. Uh shoot, it's like there's some um I liked Vision kind of walking through the wall. Uh-huh. I'm going, Viz, we talked about this. Uh-huh. The door was open. Exactly. So if the door is open, you're you know you're open to having people come in. It doesn't matter if they're using the door or not. Yeah, right? they're just they're going right through the wall. Uh, yeah. Let's, uh, what else was there? Um, it's just one of those movies when there's so many things. Uh, like the two cut the two cut scenes at the end were mm-hmm, quite. Mm-hmm. I, I love those. Um, I loved our first view of Wakanda. Oh, yes. And the teaser was... of whatever little device and stuff that uh, Tony included in Peter's tech. Yes, yep, definitely. Um, 
I I loved you know it, it's it's funny another criticism you know and and I was I was right there you know when they when they cast Marissa Tomei it was like how can you have a young hot Aunt May but at the same time if somebody I mean if somebody is a sixteen year old it's gonna make perfect sense that they're gonna have an aunt in their forties or fifties right. you know she doesn't have to be in her 60s or 80s or something. And that's something we've done a lot more recently. Like the two amazing Spider-Man films, of course, had Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, May is still gray-haired, but she's portrayed as a much younger woman than she has been in the comics. Right. Right. And, you know, you could, you know, mm-hmm. technically I was an aunt when I was like 10, you know, so. Yeah. so as as been, Marissa herself points depends. out, they come in all shapes and sizes. Exactly, exactly. But uh, I thought she was great. I thought, I thought the. I, I'm so glad now that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be appearing in Spider Man because I thought he had great chemistry with uh, with Aunt May as well as with uh, with Peter. Yep. Um, I, I and I love that that I just I love this read of of Spider Man that he is just very much a regular kid. Yeah, definitely. It was. Um... It's it's a much different take on Spidey than we've ever seen before. Always, mm-hmm. it's been played by somebody kind of in their in their late twenties, early thirties, like um, Andrew Garfield and uh, oh, no, Tobey Maguire. But this time we get, we're getting were they late twenties, really? Uh, let me see. Uh, I, I'm pretty I'm, sure I, I would have I would have said more like early to mid twenties. But um, let, me, let me double check. I mean, they're at least in their twenties, so it's it's that same syndrome. Yeah, let's see. Andrew Garfield is my age. Uh, so let's see. The first Amazing Spider-Man film, he would have been 29. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. And let's see about Tobey Maguire. Because he totally could pass for, you know, college age, certainly. Right. And that's, like, always been one of those things. Let's see. 2002. And he's 40. Well, all right. Yeah, he's age 40 now. So 13 years ago. He would have been about twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. they were both late twenties, and it's it's that that syndrome that Hollywood has where they cast people in their twenties play right. teenagers. Because of course that I mean, the first Amazing Spider-Man film, the first Spider-Man film with McGuire, mm-hmm. uh, both start out when they're still in high school. Right. Right. So so having having somebody who is age appropriate is is refreshing. And I, I like, you know, I just I like the, the take that they're having with it. I, I've heard some people complain that he was too annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, you know, I, I do not know the comics as, as well as you do. But um, as as some people have pointed out, again, I think it was it was Mike Gordon who said, um, you know, in his own books, Spidey is hilarious. Yeah. But when Spidey is in team-up movies, he's super annoying. <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, you know, Sam comments on that when, you know, you're you're not supposed to talk so much. Exactly. It's like this is, this is not how we roll, dude. Um, so it's just funny considering that Peter had just moments before said, "You have the right to remain silent." Right. Right. Exactly. Um, that's a. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Well. We'll. I'll, I'll save. I'll save that for for when we're we're going over things that that we didn't like. Um. What do you think of the last scene, or the the climactic last you mean scene? The, the, the last, last big fight. The last. The big fight. Yeah. Um. I think it was pretty good. I really like. I did really like it. Um. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, one of the things that kind of bugged me was 
you know, it's like Tony really needs to get himself under control. That temper is a problem. But, yeah. um, you know, we wouldn't have had a fight without it. And it was it was a two-on-one, two guys not in metal suits versus a guy in a metal suit. Yep. So it was almost, it was a fair fight in that sense, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, a surprising moment when, when Bucky gets his arm blown off. That was... That was pretty pretty intense. And uh, everybody kind of walks away in a draw, but it's almost like it's it's ironic that uh, Spider-Man would bring up Empire Strikes Back because this movie really was like the Marvel Universe's Empire. It, Very much so, yeah, because <laughs> because it, it it has it if it has a good sense of of being a complete story. Right. It's not like it completely leaves you hanging, but at the same time. You know, our heroes are not in a good place yeah. at the end. And of this. I'm going to say it's because the uh, the bad guy won. You know, he has that exchange with Martin Freeman down in the cell. Like mm-hmm. your your plan completely uh, misfired and didn't succeed. And mm-hmm. Zemo's just like, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, personally, I feel like we got we we, we got more closure than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. In so far as um, with with uh, when Tony says no, I'm going to go and fight by your side against these these super soldiers. You know, Tony has has realized that that you know Steve has a point and he's going to be there because Steve is his friend and because you know this is a bad guy that needs to get taken out. Um, and so I felt like I was really happy that they, you know, had that mm-hmm. coming back together. Of course, then it gets completely blown apart again. But I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like at the end of this, it's not, you know, it, it's not that this can't that they can't ever be a team again. Well, you know, yeah, we know that they're going to have to be. Right, right, exactly, you know, because we've got Infinity War, but, but even so, it, it seems like, you know, obviously this was, this was a, you know, <laughs> certainly a rough patch, but, you know, like, even in the airport fight, you know, the the fact that, you know, Clinton and Natasha are off to the side, and they're, 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 you know, they're not quite play fighting, but they're, you know, they're, they're pulling their punches. Yeah, they're not really trying you know, to harm one another. Uh, you know, they even have the exchange of, uh, are we still friends when, well, it depends on how hard you hit me. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think the fact that when, um, when Vision ends up hitting Rhodey, um, Sam is right there. Sam, yeah. you know, is, is trying to save him as much as, as, as Tony is. Yeah, and, you know, um, he even comes up, like, apologizing to Tony afterwards. Well, of course, you know, Mr. Temper fires off a repulsor blast at him. Right, which, you know, not not surprising, because this is, this is Mr. Poor Life Choices. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they, they obviously still all do care about each other, and yeah. they all do still have this sense of we need to do the right thing and and save people um so so that that is not damaged but but obviously you know there's the trust issues there are going to be pretty epic one other thing i did love was um we started getting a little bit of the ship tease between vision and scarlet witch (laughs) ship tease yeah well i I have not heard that saying before that's great yeah well it it is one where it's kind of like uh well they won't they sort of situation sure and of course in Mm -hmm. the comics they do and you know we see him trying to make a, a you know a favorite dish for her, uh, mm-hmm. the way he talks to her, and mm-hmm. we've heard from Paul Bettany in interviews that this uh, that Vision is very his story in this is very much about loyalty and love, 
Right. And he's he gave an interview maybe a day or so ago mm-hmm. where he said part of uh, the Vision's distraction, which caused him to hit Rhodey, mm-hmm. was because was out of love. And right. we obviously see him right before that moment kind of cradling Wanda is very concerned for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's one of one of my things that that was an objection and then kind of once i thought it through and talked it through with people i i, I don't really have as much anymore but you know vision has a freaking laser beam in his head and in that airport fight if he had cut loose he could have just straight up killed everybody well you know and that's one of the things in his conversation with wanda he he mm-hmm. says he's he wants to learn to control it right right exactly and and so at first I was, I was I was feeling like, you know, that that fight should have and could have gone very differently. Right. We didn't see Vision doing all that much. But then again, I think that Vision is also you know, trying to work out here, you know, are these are these are people that have been our friends. Am I actually supposed to kill them? What what am I what am I supposed to be doing here? Cuz it's not like they had a, you know, a powwow beforehand and said, "Okay, this is this is the plan." You know, um mm-hmm. so so I can, I can see him being conflicted and going, "Well, am I supposed to hurt them in a non-lethal way or, you know, what's what's going on here?" So so yeah, so that was that was something that I, I had as, as an issue that that I kind of talked myself out of. Um personally, <laughs> I, I felt like the Zemo stuff at the end was was kind of James Bond villainy, <laughs> which which is not necessarily a terrible thing, but you know you mean like Zemo. Did I, did I, what did I say? Zemo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zemo. Yeah. yeah Baron Baron Zemo, um, not Zima. Which although although now I kind of want to call him that because he's kind of like a you know a weak weak uh, bad drink from the eighties or something. Oh, but um. But, you know, the fact that he gets them out to Siberia, which is like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, dude, you could have emailed the tape to, to Tony and, and gotten a pretty similar result. Tony certainly still would have gone after Cap. Yeah, one thing I um, read was that um, it's a very, it's very much a complicated plan that depends on several things happening exactly the way that Zima wants them to. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, things like sneaking in to, um, you know, use his uh, his his code words on on Bucky. Yeah. Um, that that, that was the fact a, that, that nobody a is point. going to. And the fact that nobody's going to tell the difference between him and the guy who was supposed to show up. Right. Right. Who, exactly. um, ironically enough, if you notice closely when you watch was actually mm-hmm. um, Joe Russo. That's nice. Yeah, I didn't catch it the first time around, and then I read that, so I was looking for him the second time. Uh-huh. That's very cool. But uh, but so yeah, so he lures them out to the middle of nowhere, and then rather than uh, ha- having them, and and I mean even if he had had the super soldiers there, you know it would have it would have softened him up, and they would have been both wounded at the point that he dropped the the bomb about uh, about Bucky. But um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like that was a little bit weird. The other thing was, of course, as they're coming in, we see uh, Black Panther coming in behind them. And I was like, oh, my God, what's what's going to happen here is they're going to be distracted and Black Panther's going to jump Bucky, you know. But because Zemo goes to the, you know, all the trouble right. to unpack his master plan here, 
T'Challa hears it and is like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to kill Bucky then. Yes, well, now I know Bucky wasn't responsible. Right, and if he hadn't gone all, you know, wahaha, let me tell you my clever plan, then, <laughs> you know, then Panther would have taken out Bucky and, you know, then it could have been uh, Steve against Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, not that necessarily that would have been a fairer fight, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, but, but it's, you know, ultimately the, the villain did what he set out to do. And even though he certainly wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of putting him kind of middle of the road for Marvel villains. Um, obviously the ones that we get to see in the Netflix shows get a lot more development yep. and are more, you know, uh, nuanced characters. So I think, I think, uh, Kingpin and, uh, and Kilgrave and Punisher are far and away, mm-hmm. Um, Loki being being the best out of the movies, but again, he had like four movies to to develop his character basically. Yeah. Um, and I and I would say the only thing that um that really bugs me about him is we're we're told this guy was you know special forces, uh, mm-hmm. you know Sokovian intelligence, so he's right. got to be a pretty good fighter, you imagine. That's true. And he never and, actually and he fights. Really doesn't him, swing a punch. Yeah. 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 That's that's very true. Um, but, but he's, while, while that's true, he's also more of a mastermind, you know, he's yeah. somebody who gets other people to do the fighting for him. Yeah. And you actually, in, in that respect of, you know, to compare Batman versus Superman versus this, he does a better mm-hmm. job of that than Luther does. As, uh, oh, yeah. There's a, there's a Forbes article that points out. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll try and uh, get that linked up in the show notes because yeah. that, that could be a very interesting comparison. We are we are given a queer motivation for what he's doing. Yes. Um, he has a very, you know, as we've noted, precise plan that's in place. Mm-hmm. And he succeeds in legitimately, like, raising the legitimate uh, issues that these two have between each other mm-hmm. and getting them to duke it out as a result. Right, rather than just, you know, snark at each other or something. Yeah, or a full kind of um, a Fox News move of... You should hate him because this. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, uh, another thing that I've heard people complain about that, that oddly enough, uh, I didn't have a problem with was a lot of people were felt like it was rushed and, and random to have the kiss between Sharon and Steve. And I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I still liked it. I think we could have gotten maybe a little bit more of a moment between the two of them yeah. uh, before that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, both you know, when they're coming from Peggy's funeral and also b- right before the kiss itself. But, yeah, you know, it was it was good to me I, as a comic book fan. You know, Sharon and, and Steve are a thing. So it, it makes mm-hmm. me happy to see that finally happening after kind of getting it teased in Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously this is something that I feel like, you know, I would I would like to see more of this. I would like to know more of what's going to happen here. Right. But I didn't I didn't have a problem and I did not feel like it was it felt forced or, or artificial. Um, somebody was was saying uh, at one point that there's a, a rule that you have to have one kiss in like every Marvel movie or something. And people were like, well, there isn't one in Winter Soldier. Well, technically there is, because when they're when they're hiding from somebody, Natasha plants one on yeah you know they they, there's a kiss there um public displays of affection make people very uncomfortable (laughs) indeed indeed but i i didn't have a problem with that i thought that was that was fine and any other uh objections that you have well yeah we already talked about kind of the watered down version of zemo that we got um Mm -hmm. i think it's 
it, it's in character. Well, I mentioned Tony's temper before, which is mm-hmm. in character for him to kind of act without thinking, as we saw in Avengers mm-hmm. and in his own films. But it's just kind of like, hold on a second. You can't you can't really calm down for five seconds to recognize that Bucky was not in control of himself when he did that. Right. I mean, I right. understand that your parents and you're very upset about it, but you really should be upset at Hydra. That's very true, although I think they did a brilliant job of of seeding that early on in the movie when he's talking to the audience at MIT. Yeah. And we can see that there's there's a lot of issues that, that he has not really uh, dealt with. You know, he's he's using this billion dollar technology probably, you know, for the purpose of, of therapy, of, you know, making a, a pretend version of of his uh his his growing up in which it had a happy ending. Um and can we just take a second to to talk about how far uh CGI de aging people has come? Yeah. Oh my God. Well I mean even with um even with First Avenger you know the the kind of the the skit the scrawnying of yeah. Chris Evans. You almost couldn't tell that it was CGI. You know it's CGI, but you really can't. Mm-hmm. You like you're looking there for were, it, and you can't see it. Yeah, there there are a few times where where it looks just kind of odd, but I can't. You know, it, there's a little bit of uncanny valley to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the time we got uh, to Ant Man. I think things were were looking a lot better with with Michael Douglas. Uh, it was very very close certainly, mm-hmm. but this was like less than zero Robert Downey Jr. It was yeah, like no, that's, exactly. That's what I was telling my brother earlier today after I saw the movie. It's like yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's him back in the eighties again. Yeah, and this is this is somebody that we all you know well we all. All, all of us of an age to remember it, um, we know what he looked like yeah. back then, and and what he acted like, and uh, it, it's it's just it was just amazing to see. But but yeah, you know the the fact that you know we we get to see that have that reminder right there at the beginning that um, this this is something that is not is not settled in Tony's mind. Mm-hmm. He's he's still not uh, he still hasn't dealt with it. Um, oh yeah, and he's kind of been avoiding it. And we also have seen, of course, in Iron Man three, if you attack somebody that it, Tony is close to, mm-hmm. it, it's all hands on deck. This is this is war breaks loose. Right. Um, right. So it's it's almost understandable to see that he wouldn't see reason uh, in this situation. He would just want to hurt Bucky like he wanted to hurt the Mandarin after Happy. Exactly. Injuries. Right, right, uh, absolutely. That that is that is it, spot on. Um, and I think that uh, you know, and I, I, I talked with people, and I was I was kind of hoping that they would they would address this in the movie, but um, you know, some people have said, well, why why couldn't they just say, well, Bucky was mind controlled, and why doesn't Steve get on TV and say it's not his fault, he was mind controlled. And and the reason why he can't do that is because then the United States would have to admit that the Secretary of Defense was the one who brainwashed him. And yes, the American government had access right. to to secret assassins. And so that's never gonna gonna. I, I was hoping they would they would deal with that, mm-hmm. but but it never got brought up. And of course, as um, as Steve himself mentions, he's got to be the one to go after Bucky because he's probably the only one that could survive it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, although, certainly, we see uh, Iron Man do quite a bit of damage to him. Yeah, so. and of course, you know, Black Panther gets his licks in, too. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that, again, that's another criticism that I've seen is, uh, you know, uh, Bucky is just so incredibly badass in this, and yet he tries to punch Spidey. <laughs> And it doesn't quite go the way that he wants it well, to. Well, yeah, I mean, Spidey um, does have super strength. <laughs> well, yes, but he's a super soldier and and a trained, you know, assassin combatant. So that was that was maybe a little bit a little bit silly on that. But um, I you know I I think that was less silly. But I mean, it's it's believable in the fact that you know Spider Man does have super strength. He probably could stop sure. the punch. We even see him be able to lift that car. Uh, right. In the footage that Tony was showing. Right, right. Yes, that was that was uh, that was very cool. And and I think that you know sort of sort of segueing into uh, our, our next bit, I think that this did a great job. You know, in a lot of the earlier movies, you know, like for example, uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff setting up other movies, like um, you know, like the Infinity Stone stuff with with Thor. Right just felt very tacked on and not really a part of the movie. Um, and I know that that's been an issue for, for other directors as well, feeling like they had to spend, mm-hmm. you know, a chunk of their movie setting up something from somebody right. else's movie. And of course, um, uh, Spidey was originally in the script, but they weren't right. sure if they were going to get him from Sony. So Black Panther's role got beefed up. And then right. they were able to get Spidey, and they just said, well, we'll just leave Black Panther's role the way it is. Because yeah. he was really just supposed to appear as T'Challa and not right. be in costume. Right, right. Um, but I think that I think that the way that they set up, you know, the connection to the Spider-Man movie actually made was was organic and made perfect sense for this because at the beginning of the movie we have Tony, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, being confronted about the death of this this kid. Who uh, you know was was right. building houses in Sokovia? Alfred Woodard, who's going to show up in Luke Cage, is a completely different person, apparently. Yeah, and that's that's well, well, we'll deal with that when we get to Luke Cage, <laughs> but but yeah, that's that's going to be kind of kind of odd. But um, you know, we we set it up that Tony is has been made aware at the beginning of the movie not only of his own, uh, I won't say bad childhood, but you know his 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 not good uh, relationship with his father. Right. Um, and, and then he hears about this kid who uh, had a promising future and died in Sokovia. So it makes perfect sense for him to be looking for, you know, a, a young up and comer who like him loves technology and loves building things and say, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the advantages and the, you know, the mentoring that I never got from my father. So having having Spidey sort of be there as as his you know again Tony's Tony's ongoing therapy of of trying to come to terms with with what's happened to him I thought that that actually blended in perfectly with the movie both both plot wise and thematically definitely so uh, obviously we've uh, everybody is super psyched for Black Panther now um, I, I'm I'm. I, I loved the way Chadwick Boseman played that. And didn't you say he's from South Carolina? He is. Uh, he's from Anderson, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And and that accent was was very. I mean, 
it, it was apparently like a like a hybrid, I guess, of, of a bunch of different accents. Yeah, that he sort of came up he's with. talked about uh, how he came up with it before. I don't remember because, mm-hmm. of course, nobody in Anderson sounds like that. <laughs> right, right. I, I kind of kind of figured that much, but uh, but yeah, great actor, great great physicality, um, and that character is just so freaking cool. There's been a meme that's been going around about you know, uh, you know, you think you're a tough guy, you know, take off that Black Panther suit, and what are you, you know, genius billionaire playboy? And he's like, well, yes, and an inventor, and a king, and this, 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 mm-hmm. and this. So I'm super psyched for Black Panther. I wonder if they're going to deal with the Bucky thing in the Black Panther movie, it almost seems like they wouldn't want to, but I feel like Steve almost has to make a cameo considering he's pretty much hiding out there right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's a good point. I I hope that we get, uh, some flashbacks in Black Panther to, uh, to stuff with his, his father and, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, because his dad um, was played by a great actor too, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. For for what few minutes of screen time he got. I think, and exactly. I think my only criticism was this time around. Like, why is why is T'Challa just kind of hanging out by the window while his dad's giving a speech? Yeah, that that was a little. Why, why isn't he sitting with everybody else? Right, right. That 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 that's a good point. I hadn't even really, really absorbed that. But yeah, that was that was kind of random and strange. Um, not to mention the fact that aren't they in in Europe? Yeah, they're in Vienna, that Austria. Happens? Yeah, and that's not where the United Nations is. Well, I mean, one can assume that they've got, like, a building there. Oh, sure, sure, but... Although, well, that, well, Brussels is NATO, but... Yeah. Anyway, um, not, 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 not critical to that, but, um... Mm-hmm. Obviously, super psyched about that. Uh, we didn't really have any tie-ins to Doctor Strange, but that's fine, because, my God, we had so many other things going on. Um, yeah. And we're actually recording this uh, the night that, that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be on, so we don't have the answer to this. But do you think that this is going to impact uh, the TV shows at all, whether it's S.H.I.E.L.D. or the uh, Hell's Kitchen? It, it's got to to a certain extent because the ATCU is probably going to be bound by the same uh, agreements as the mm. Avengers. Good point. So, you know, they the ATCU and S.H.I.E.L.D. probably just can't pick up and go somewhere wherever they want to. Um, we already saw this problem earlier this season when Bobby and Hunter disavowed themselves. Right, right. Um, that's a good point. You know, so even if it even if it doesn't have the same kind of effect as something like Winter Soldier, which, you know, that that, that just completely changed everything. It, it's certainly gonna impact it. And uh, you know, not not as much for the Hell's Kitchen characters because, you know, they're they're not going all over the world. Um, yeah. they're just they're in their own backyard. And they're so. trying to stay under the radar anyway, especially right. Luke and Jessica. Right, absolutely. Yeah, like they're 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 the only ones that really have like secret identities or anything of, of the whole MCU. Yep. But so, of course, so how do you, you know? Uh, Charlie Cox's contract does state that he has to appear in a movie if he's asked. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I don't think we've heard specifically from any of the other people, but I, w- I would assume that's that's in the contracts of the the leads as well. So, uh, of the other ones. So, how do you see this setting up? other future movies where, where do we go from here well um obviously we set up kind of the intrigue the international intrigue with black panther mm-hmm. um and being the leader of world being a diplomat um we've introduced um martin freeman's character mm-hmm. so he and who of course is a major part of black panther's universe mm-hmm. so we're going to see i think we're going to see more of them uh we've gotten it 
Peter established with his new suit and his new tech. I hope I kind of hope they change the suit a little bit because right now mm-hmm. this is maybe my third favorite Spider-Man outfit from Ooh, the movies. Not so good. <laughs> um, but the eyes are awesome. It's still better than it's still better than the one from Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man Two is probably the best, and then the to- and then the Sam Raimi movies, then this one, mm-hmm. uh, because at least the top three, you know, get it right. Well, what did you not like about it? I don't don't like necessarily the pattern on the arms. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, all the black in the in the outfit, where black there isn't usually black. There's black on the webbing, but there's in the symbol, but there's not usually yeah. so many stripes across the shoulders and on the boots and everything. Yeah, good point. Um, good point. But I love the uh, I love the lenses. I love the way those work. Yep. Um, I'm not so wild about the symbol. I want more of a traditional Spider-Man symbol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I said, this is my third favorite, and that's saying something. Even though we've only had really four um, on-screen outfits, five if you count mm-hmm. the uh, the old TV show from the '70s. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really counting that one. <laughs> or, or Spidey appearing on Electric Company. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so we we can see how this this yeah. sets up Black Panther and Spider Man. Um, it's gonna be interesting you know, how it sets up uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, good. Because I mean, is everybody else in Wakanda with them now? I mean, uh, he obviously, I'm guessing, didn't just free Sam. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I it seems like the way that it was left, Tony would uh, would go to bat for people, and you know, and you know, try and say, okay, as long, as long as they're not, you know, messing around in other countries, yeah. can we, you know, let them off the hook for this? Uh, okay. and obviously otherwise, that would be, yeah, otherwise that would can, be, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, they, they, they would, you know, obviously he's going to be opposed by, uh, by Ross. Right. Um, and incidentally, uh, somebody, I, I heard somewhere that, that, uh, it was going to be, uh, movie canon that Martin Freeman was, was, uh, that, that his, was it, Everett Ross mm-hmm. is the son of uh, Thunderbolt Ross. I haven't heard that before, and of course, in the comics, they're not related at all. Right, right. I kind of, I kind of hope that they do because it actually would would make sense. Mm. Um, I think age wise, it it works okay, and um, you know, it would make sense for for this guy who's like a super hardcore government guy, you know, to be related to the the ultimate, you know super government general guy it's it's kind of too cheesy for me um mm-hmm. it, it's just too cheesy for me for them to do it that way um and it's, it, um, on the other hand it's just weird to have two characters with last name of ross and just have that be a coincidence <laughs> lots of people have the same last name and it's just a coincidence yes i know but this is the comics you know this is they're this not is related comics. in the comics either though yeah 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 i mean he only has one kid and that's his daughter betty that's true. Well, maybe little brother or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just seems cousin, like it's, it's kind of weird. Whatever. Kind of weird. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what happens with, with Martin Freeman. Yeah. And he did not come off as the Emperor of Useless White Boys in this. He came across as, as pretty pretty aggressive and pretty competent. Well, yeah. But he's not hanging well, around Black Panther yet. <laughs> That's that's true, but but he didn't he did not seem like the hapless everyman character that I was kind of expecting. Yeah, and he's very he is very much that in the Black Panther comics. Um, mm-hmm. So we have we have yet to see if he'll take on that role. And of course, we know that that's a character that Martin Freeman is more than capable of playing, and he's oh, very good at um, at at the you know the con or 
his comedic acting is very good as well. Right, but this character was not set up as that. Certainly, right. you know, it can it can change and it can you know morph to to be what it needs to be for other movies. Mm-hmm. But that that's not that doesn't seem to be the way that they've they've established it uh, so far. Is is that he seems he seems pretty pretty serious. And can I say what how good his American accent is? Yes, uh, I yes. I haven't seen Fargo. So I haven't really seen how he does in that. But. His his Fargo accent uh, d- does, to to my ear, does not sound like anyone who has ever been to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I guess it's a it's a Minnesota accent, but I just have not heard enough real Minnesota accents to to believe that that was that was good. But yeah, his his American accent I thought was flawless. So yeah, anything else you wanna you wanna address, or do we want to do ratings? Um, I did love one of the things that they said about Vision's outfit was that it was sure. basically they designed him to look like what Jarvis would wear nowadays. Oh, that's that's a neat way of looking at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know it's it was, and, and that's that that's now that I look at it that way, that makes sense because it's. I mean, it's technically casual. It's it's exactly what you would expect. Right. Like like if if you had a businessman who was told to be casual and was like, I don't know how to do casual. <laughs> or you know, somebody who's very kind of posh looking and oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, very very British, I guess. Yes. And if you've yes. got a British robot, why not? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I I did I don't feel like this this movie was was as flawless as some people have said. Yep. But I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really good. I, I haven't decided what, – what's what's your top three Marvel movies at this point? You know what? I was just thinking to myself today, this one finally edged itself into number one on yeah. the second viewing. Then Avengers, I think, is second for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have to say uh, Winter Soldier is number three. Yeah, I, I, I would take the same three, but I would – I need to see it again, but as of right now, Winter Soldier just barely edges it out uh, for number one, and then this, and then Avengers um, for me. But uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously they're they're all brilliant, mm-hmm. and and this is brilliant for a lot of the same reasons Avengers was because uh, I did not I, I they continue to surprise me in terms of being able to incorporate more characters than I thought was possible. Yeah. And still give everybody something cool to do and it, that is important to the plot yeah. and, and nailing their, their personalities and their voices so well. And despite all these characters, it is still Cap's movie. Absolutely. You know, you Absolutely. you get the feeling that even though he's sharing screen with Iron Man and Black Panther and everybody else, and it, it's still very much it's about Steve's him. movie. Yes, it's his story. Um, and, and even, you know, with, with all these other people around, yeah, it's, it's, I, I gotta say the Russos, they, 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 they pretty much nail it, yep. but, um, all right. So, so if we're going to say on a scale of one to five shields, where would you place this movie? This is a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally a four and a half. Like it wasn't quite perfect, but it was, it was damn close. Absolutely, and I, I, I got to go with the exact same thing. Uh, Four point five. Uh, I, I thought that uh, it was uh, it, it was I, I, I was skeptical about it living up to the hype, as, as I said at the beginning, um, because th- there was just so much lead up to this, and and the expectations were so incredibly high. Um, but they, you know, really my my quibbles are very minor with it. Um, I think that. Uh, 
in in some respects the reason why I still give Winter Soldier the edge is because that was that was more tightly plotted mm-hmm. because there were fewer characters and it was able to to um be a lot more uh uh, focused, I think we had a lot going on in this, but but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It was it was still it was still fantastic, but just not. Um, I guess, and again, I may change my mind after a second viewing, which which I definitely am going to do this week. But uh, all yeah, right, I'm cool. I'm going to get a third one in Saturday. Excellent, excellent, very very cool. Yeah, I, I saw this one at. Uh, I went ahead and shelled out for the for the nice theater. Uh, with the the nice leather chairs and the table service food and everything, and I could not believe. I, I, I'm always shocked when people leave a Marvel movie before the final credits, uh, the, the end of the final credits. Right. I was especially shocked because basically about a third of the theater left uh, as soon as the credits started, and then at least another third of the uh, the theater left. After the first, after the mid-credit scene, like to the point that I busted out my phone and went, "Oh my God, is there not an end-credit scene? Oh my God!" Because the people that were leaving were like people in Captain America shirts. Yeah, I know. It's like, what? Where were you doing? I know. It it was. I I was. I was just. Just uh, how? How? How does anyone even do that? But. uh, But anyway, they just don't care. They're they're not the diehards like us. like us, the main story is over for them, and they just want to mm-hmm, go home now. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. That's true. And as people have pointed out, you know, those sodas are awful big. So, yep. uh, so so it's time for a break for for any. All right. So we've got one more regular episode coming up of uh, Earth Station MCU, in which we will wrap up this season of Agents of Shield, and then we're going to be taking some time off over the summer. But don't worry, we will be back to talk about Jessica Jones in Daredevil Season 2 and what's coming next in the MCU. In the meantime, check us out on our Facebook page, EarthStationMCU, or write us at EarthStationMCU at gmail.com and let us know. What would you guys like to hear from us in the next few months? Uh, What other movies do you want us to cover? Do you want us to talk about Apocalypse and MCU-adjacent things like that? Do you want us to go back and look at some of the movies? We want to hear from you guys, so let us know what you would like to hear, and we will see you soon for our EarthStationMCU Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wrap-up show. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.